On the 18th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a final Q&A with you and me. It's Pompous Bitches. I'm scrolling TikTok at 3am because my nervous system's too fucked to go to sleep and I feel too anxious to put my phone down. Is that why I'm having an existential crisis? There are always going to be a million other things you could have decided to do. <laughs> I'm broken. Now, I'm wearing a base of makeup right now, and the reason is, as you can see, the setting, the pajamas, we know what time it is. It is, I have lots to do time, and I don't necessarily feel as though I have time to record a podcast and get ready, so I'm blending the two together. Now, I had this genius idea, I'm looking at my phone because I'm going on Instagram for this, oh no, we're gonna do the check-in first. I had this great idea to do the 73 Vogue questions for a podcast. I was like, I'll sit down, get ready, and do the 73 questions. I started recording it and I thought, this is S-H-I-T. You're welcome, brands. And I just hated it. So I got like 20 questions in and I was like, do you know what? I'm not doing this. We're gonna go back to the regular Q&A box. I think it would be fun if it was like someone else was asking me the questions, but it just wasn't right. So we're doing it again. Hence why my skin tint and my concealer is on. So I decided, let's go back to what we know. Stick with what you know, hip hop parade, keep your voice down low, let's do a Q&A. Let's start off with the check-in jar because it is the morning. I haven't done my morning journaling. I got up, walked on my walking pad for 10 minutes, then set this up and here we are. Let's do the check-in. This morning's check-in, day 18's check-in prompt is as follows. What are qualities or traits you admire in others? What are qualities and traits you admire in others? I admire in others, we're at bronzer by the way. If you're, for our audio listeners, stop just listening to the audio and go and look at the video. We're working at bronzer, that's where we're at before I decided to stop doing Vogue questions. Our qualities and traits you admire in others. I love, okay, this is gonna sound vapid, but let me explain. I love it when people have the ability to acutely listen to what's being said and not just being a good listener, but kind of, you know when people are so engaged in what you're saying and you can tell they're just, they really care, they're looking at you in the eyes, if someone interrupts, they kind of bring it back to you. I think there's nothing greater in a person than when they're just truly interested in what you're saying. I also love when people are kind of inspired by life and they have like big goals about life. And I love it when people ask interesting questions. I think the ability to ask a good question really dictates the type of conversation you have. And I think the type of conversation you have dictates things that you learn, people you connect with. I think the power of a conversation and a good question is so undervalued. And when I meet people who are super chatty, or not even super chatty, but what they say is very interesting and they are willing to kind of ask questions that are outside of the box, I really admire that in people, I love that. That really, if I met you and you asked me an interesting question, it would really stick with me. Let's do a Q&A, shall we? Again, I blackmailed you. This time it was, you want me to have a terrible Christmas? And you guys obviously want me to have a good Christmas because you ask questions. So let's go. Okay, your opinions on Christmas. Growing up, I had great Christmases, like the classic family Christmas. My parents were together, we always put out biscuits for Santa and a glass of milk or a mince pie, gingerbread man. Sometimes we'd put out Baileys for Santa. So we had like a great, a great childhood of Christmases. Always used to get loads of presents. We used to do loads of fun stuff. 
then as I got older, I think because I went away so much and I was away for so many Christmases, I kind of, I stopped celebrating it as much because a lot of the people who I was around in the countries I was in, they just didn't celebrate it. And Christmas, I think notoriously is a family holiday. And then I also find the kind of the pressure of Christmas quite excruciating. And I've really been trying to let go of that. But I think because I find the pressure of it, like the pressure to have a good family dynamic, to do all of the things that everyone else is doing. Like we never used to have that, you know, you would never see what everyone was doing for Christmas. So you used to just do your own thing. You used to do your own thing with your family play a board game, open your presents, have a nice dinner. But now we see everyone doing all of these Christmassy things. And then when we're not doing them, we kind of feel like you're not embracing Christmas enough. And so I feel like that. I just also think there's a huge pressure to have like the perfect family dynamic. Christmas, like I said, is such a notoriously family holiday. And I think that can be really challenging. And I think nobody has the perfect family. So I think that's maybe a collective challenge that we all experience. But this Christmas, I've been feeling very Christmassy. I'm home for Christmas. I'm living with my sister for the first time. And we have really been getting into the Christmas spirit. And I think what I've been trying to do this Christmas is just take the things that I like and let go of everything else. Like I don't need to do everything else. My sister and I were talking about New Year's this year and what we were gonna do for New Year. We were like, oh, should we go out? We never go out. Like I cannot remember. Like the last time we went out together, was New Year's when we were probably 22. Like we were young the last time we went out. Like we never go out and we were like, why are we forcing ourselves to kind of do these traditions for the sake of it when that's not who we are? We're kind of instead, we're gonna like book a nice dinner somewhere, have a few drinks at the nice dinner and then see where the night takes us. And then if we just wanna come home, we can just walk home because we're gonna book a dinner really close to our house. And so my relationship to Christmas is, it is all about commercialism. It is all about selling us stuff. I think there's so much unnecessary pressure to consume, pressure to purchase things, pressure to act in a certain way. And I think if you can let go, as an adult, I think, God, I'm really going into Christmas. As adults, once you become adults, because it is such a family holiday, I think as children, you're kind of given your Christmas. You know, you're at your parents or the adults that bring you up they are in charge of what your Christmas looks like. And then when you become an adult, you're kind of in charge of your Christmas. And so my relationship to Christmas right now is kind of figuring out what traditions I like, what I don't like, and then just doing those things and kind of building my own what Christmas looks like. But I'm having a good time this Christmas. I love Christmas markets. I love the Christmas songs. I love the festive feel. I think it's fun. Do you have a favorite memory or a memory you'd never want to lose? That is a good question. See, you know when I said good questions at the beginning of this as a quality? That is a good question. Okay, something that, where's my makeup brush? A memory that came up for me immediately is I went to Australia in 2019. I lived there for a year. And the last part of the year that I spent there, I lived in the back of my car. And I used to get up every morning because the sun was rising super early. I think it must've been summer because the sun used to rise so early. It used to rise at like 4 a.m. And I would always drive my car at nighttime to a beach or like right next to the beach so I could wake up next to the beach. And every single morning I used to wake up with the sun, like with no alarm, I would just wake up because I was in my car and it would get light. I would get out of my car, brush my teeth sometimes, sometimes not, and then just walk along the beach, like roll out of bed, literally onto the beach, watch the sunrise, and it was the most incredible sunrises I've ever seen to this day in my whole life. Pink, orange, it was just absolutely stunning. And 
I remember one morning I was sitting in Coolangatta at the south of Queensland, Queensland? Yeah, the south of Queensland state, Coolangatta, sitting on the rocks, overlooking the water, just watching the sunrise. There are a few other people watching the sunrise there. And I thought this is so special that we're all up so early to experience this magic. And then there were dolphins that came by and swam. And that was the first time I'd seen dolphins in the wild. And it was just incredible. So thank you for asking that, that's so beautiful. Um, but those memories were very, very special to me and I loved that time. Are you an extrovert or an introvert? I think if you'd have asked me this two years ago, I would have said I was an introvert because I do like having time alone. I love writing on my own. I love spending time like reading on my own. I love going to cafes on my own. And so if you'd have asked me this a few years ago, I would have said I was an introvert. And I still think I have very introverted qualities. Being an introvert or being an extrovert is not being loud or quiet. Like I'm quite loud. But being an introvert and extrovert is kind of where you get your energy from. Like, do you get it from other people or do you get it from yourself? But this year and maybe the last few years, I've kind of learned that I almost used being an introvert as an excuse or as a kind of shield to keep myself at a distance from people. Maybe it was a fear of vulnerability. I don't want to put a meaning to things that aren't there or to kind of ideas that I don't know the answer to but maybe it was a vulnerability, a fear of vulnerability, a fear of real deep connection, because if I really deeply connect with people and show them every part of myself, then what if they don't like it? And I also, something that's coming up for me right now actually is, I used to think when I was with people and hanging out with my friends, I had to be on and I had to be like the perfect person. I had to feel really good. I had to be the best version of myself when I was with friends because otherwise they'd think I was boring or grumpy or whatever. Making a lot of friends, having a lot of conversations over the past few years, I've learned that you really can come as you are with friendships, with the right friendships. And you don't always have to kind of show up as your best self in a friendships. And so if you have a dinner planned together, but you kind of, you're feeling a bit down and maybe a bit grumpy, maybe a bit anxious. Ordinarily, I would have just messaged and been like, look, hey, I need a day to recharge on my own. You know, like I think I used to cancel a lot of things because I felt really, really anxious about work. And I used to think I can't go to dinner if I'm feeling super anxious because I'm not gonna, like I won't show up. It won't be interesting for them. I'm not gonna be like hashtag the best version of myself, but kind of letting go of the idea of that and knowing that you, you don't have to be perfect all of the time. You can go for dinner, even if you feel anxious and a bit stressed out, like come as you are. And what I find is when I do that, and I go, even if I don't feel, even when I feel like I need alone time and I feel like I need kind of introspection and silence and to be alone, a lot of the time when I think I need that, I actually need to spend time with people and spending time with people makes me feel so much better and recharged. So I think I'm definitely more kind of in the middle and fleeting between the two right now, rather than just big on the side of the introvert. So much of when we think we need time alone, sometimes this isn't true, sometimes you need time alone, but a lot of the time when we think we need time alone, I think it's a mask for not wanting people to see different parts of you or the certain parts of you that you feel are not worthy of being seen. Your favourite Podmas episode, good one. So what was my favourite Podmas episode? God, I feel like, honestly, I've said this before, I truly feel as though 
I've been doing Podmas my whole life. I can't remember a time where I wasn't like waking up and thinking, God, what podcast episodes do I have to film? My favorite episodes, I really like the Emma Chamberlain episode. And I think it reflects in kind of the amount of people that are enjoying it as well. But I really, when I put that up, I was like, I'm really proud of this. I really love the title and the thumbnail. It's about a topic that I felt very strongly about. And it was just one of those things where I saw it happening online and I thought, wow, I actually have an opinion on this. And so much of kind of what goes on in pop culture, I would love to be the type of person who could have a podcast about pop culture and kind of things going on TV shows. You know, Brittany Broski, she has such an acute understanding of kind of pop culture and things that are going on that her takes are absolutely phenomenal. Love her, she is the queen. And somebody in my comments said, oh no, somebody DM'd me love you if you're listening to this and they said you your energy reminds me of Brittany Broski and I was like oh, that is the biggest compliment you could have ever given me I don't often have an opinion on things like pop culture I think because I can see the nuance and I'm like oh yeah but we don't really know what's going on but I really found the Emma Chamberlain kind of discourse interesting so I really like that one um this one didn't perform super well but I really liked number three which was are you being left out or are you not allowing yourself to be let in I think that was just a topic that was really close to my heart and I wanted to do an episode on friendship and kind of what I just talked about, the idea of not letting people see you. And I always kind of, when I grew up, I always felt as though I wasn't being included, even into my early adulthood, feeling as though I wasn't... I was always kind of the ugly duckling, the old one out, the one that people weren't that interested in hanging around with. That episode was an ode to that and the lessons I've learned from that about how I was kind of participating in that playing out. And I really like that episode. My mum said, are you okay? <laughs> Love you, mum. You definitely are not listening to this. I am okay. I am, I'm very, I saw my friend the other day and she was like, how are you? And I said, I am fine. You know, I'm not like over the top at the moment. Like nothing is kind of like extravagantly happening to me. I'm not feeling super excited at the moment, but I'm feeling, she used the word content and content doesn't necessarily feel like it, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling like average in a good way, like average, but not in a negative way. I think sometimes when we're like, oh, I feel fine, that kind of feels quite negative And we're like, oh God, like you should do something to make yourself not fine, like better. Like you don't want to be fine. You want to do better than fine. And I think oftentimes I would agree, but I think I'm just in this place right now where I'm podcasting every day, which I do, I am really enjoying. I'm loving having this kind of acute sense of purpose. This is kind of all I'm doing at the moment. I get up, I podcast, or I come up with episodes to podcast. I record, I edit, I do the social media, I see my sister, we make dinner, we do Christmassy things. And it's just nice, you know? I'm, I'm just, it's just nice. I'm kind of sitting at like a five or six out of 10 in terms of excitement for life. And it's just nice, it's just fine. So yes, I am okay. Thanks, mum. Oh my God, my eye makeup is not okay. One eye I find really easy to do and then the other I just find impossible. What does it look like in the camera? Hmm, it looks okay. My sister works for Dolce & Gabbana and she got me this eyeshadow stick. So I wanna use it, but I feel like it's a bit of a risk to use it for the first time here because I'm not a makeup guru. Tell us the one who got away story. I have kind of alluded to this. So I've alluded to this for a while in kind of other stories about the one who got away. He was like my other boyfriend. Let me tell you about him. That'll be good actually, telling you this story embedded in a Q&A is probably the best place to do it rather than doing its own episode. So the one who got away was my first boyfriend. I met him at my first job. I used to work at Net 
next the clothing shop in England, if everyone knows it. And we both worked there. I met him, I was 18 or 19 when I met him, but I was 18. It was very much, it wasn't love at first sight, but I have this ability. I kind of, when I meet people, very, very quickly, I know whether these people are gonna be in my life or not. And I met him and I loved, he was so confident. He was kind of like the cool guy of the shop. He was hot, I just really liked him. And so from the get-go, I knew he was gonna be, I knew we were gonna date for sure. He took me on a date and then from the first date, we kind of never stopped seeing each other. We saw each other so often. I moved in with him kind of unofficially and we just kind of fell in love. It was the purest love. It was the most I've ever been loved. And I say this, I, I say this truly. I fear, maybe I shouldn't say this on the internet, but I fear that I will never be loved the way that he loved me. He loved me so purely. He was so, I trusted him so much. He, because we worked in a clothing shop, predominantly it was women who worked there. He used to go out on nights out with his work people, all women not a single doubt in my mind. He was not gonna be faithful to me because he loved me so much. And it was just, it was a lovely time. I'm wondering whether I'm seeing this through rose-tinted glasses now, but even if I am, it's a great memory. Anyway, long story long, we were together for probably a year and a half when I decided, it wasn't even an active decision, but I knew I wanted to travel. He, at the time, was very, let's get married, have a family, have kids, buy a house that kind of trajectory. He was a little bit older than me. I think he was six years older than me. So I was 18 and he was 25. So it's kind of different stages of your life. Ironically now he is traveling and not doing any of those things. But at the time he had no interest in traveling. He was at university, he wanted to finish his studies and I saw the trajectory of his life and I realized that I hadn't even started mine. I wanted to go traveling, something in me wanted to go traveling. So I ended our relationship and when traveling and and that's kind of the end of our story like it was a beautiful love story people write novels about that type of love and then yeah we we separated and it was really hard he was amazing maybe he's the one that got away we don't know we never know i got a new mascara from my sister as well dolce and gabbana mascara i needed a new mascara what do you wish you were good at I always say that I wish my mum had put me in sports as a kid. Like, I want to be an Olympic gymnast. Oh, okay, this is definitely a new mascara. I want to be an Olympic gymnast, but failing that, <laughs> I would love to have been like really good at sport or something. The thing is with me is like, I truly believe that you can become good at anything. I don't think there's anything that, I mean, not like Olympic level gymnastics, but I think so much, it's like, cool, if you wanna do something, do it. I wish, something I want to do is learn how to shuffle. Every time I see people shuffling, I'm like, why can I not do that? Um, so I would love to be able to do that. So maybe I would wish I was good at that. Maybe I wish I was better at sticking at things. I think my kind of default, as soon as things aren't great, or as soon as things don't feel amazing, I'm like, okay, next thing, we need to do something else, which I know is a red flag. And so maybe I wish I was better, and I'm actually getting better at this. I wish I was better at it's hard because I don't want to say like sticking things out but I think there is a time to leave and a time to stay and I think maybe I need to get better at the staying part oh I like this mascara a lot Dolce & Gabbana mascara don't think they're cruelty free and vegan so I won't be promoting them but I got it as a gift I saw someone on TikTok say put mascara on your bottom lashes and then like rub it in 
and it makes it look kind of like a cool eyeliner. Don't know if that looks cool. The thing is about doing a Q&A get ready with me is I'm not really looking at what I'm looking like. And so the last Q&A get ready with me I did, I looked and I had overlined my lips so much because I couldn't see in the camera. I couldn't even post photos from it because it looked so horrendous. Opinions on hate comments, you've been getting loads lately. Yes, I have been getting a fair amount of hate comments recently. My opinion on hate comments is if somebody, cause it's not you, obviously. If somebody is taking time out of their day to comment something negative on a social media post, because it's mainly on TikTok and Instagram reels. So on a social media post, if somebody is taking time out of their day to do that and to insult someone, then their opinion is already invalid to me. Because if I met someone in real life, if you met someone, if you went to a bar, there was a guy, let's say there was like this 50 year old white guy shouting kind of racism from the rooftops in this bar, you would be like, oh my God, what an asshole. But then if he came over to you and kind of insulted you, you wouldn't take that insult on because you're like, this man is insane. His opinions are so wild and invalid and ridiculous and hateful. Nothing he says is kind of valid to me. Like I don't, I can't accept any of the things that he says. I don't respect anything that he says. So how could I take that on? The same is with hate comments. If you are taking the time out of your day, especially about appearance, like if you are taking the time out of your day to insult somebody's appearance, I truly do not care what you think of me. Like your opinion of me is not valid. And so hate comments I think are just quite a good source of entertainment. I find them quite funny. I fear for people who don't have this, that mindset. I fear for like the younger girls of TikTok who are 18 and, or younger, God, and kind of get loads of hate about their appearance. I fear for them and how they take that on and how that's gonna influence their kind of self-esteem and self-image when they're constantly having this negative feedback. Cause I know that I would not have dealt well with it when I was younger. So I get, I almost, the only time I really get frustrated is when I see hate comments towards people who I feel as though will take it on. But for me, I don't care. Something you've never done that you wish you had. Again, that's like the kind of something you wish you were good at. It's like, I think if there was something that I have never done, I'm probably gonna try and do it. Like if there's something I've never done that I wish I wanted to do, that I wish I could do, then I'm just gonna do it. I wanna go to all seven continents. That is something that I really want to do. I wanna do that by the time I'm 30. I've been to six, I just have to go to Africa. So that's something, but that will happen for sure. Oh, I really want to spend a Christmas kind of giving back, like helping in a homeless shelter, helping in a soup kitchen, something like that. Or yeah, I would love to kind of give back over Christmas. Maybe that's something I would like to do. Also, I wanna get really good at pole dancing. I love pole dancing, it is the love of my life. I don't know why I'm not doing it at the moment because there is a studio in my city, but I love it. And I spent two years doing it and I was obsessed with it. Something I haven't done yet is I kind of want to do a performance. I did a showcase at my studio in Lisbon. We kind of did a group performance in front of our studio, but I want to get good enough that I can be on stage and like do a performance for people. American versus European transport system. Oh my God, I'm so glad you asked. And I'm not even being sarcastic. This is literally my favorite thing to talk about. It depends where you are in America. New York is... Fantastic. New York is up there with London. Like the best transport system I think is London. London Tube, you cannot beat. It's so easy. It is, it's, it's not super cheap, but it is the cheapest way to get around London. And it's so, it's easy. I feel pretty safe. Every time I've gone on it, I felt pretty safe. Um, so London is the top. 
After that, I think New York is great. I think the difference is European transport systems have been consistently better. Every time I've gone to somewhere in Europe, the transport system has been easy to navigate, apart from Vienna. I, but they have trams. When they throw trams in the mix, I get very confused. But in terms of like tube systems, I think Europeans are more consistently better. It feels like everyone in Europe, we've kind of agreed that public transport is a good thing. And we kind of all use public transport and that's kind of our chosen method of transport. Whereas in America, it feels like only certain people use it. It feels like it's not widely accepted thing. And it feels like only a certain part of the population is using it and other people are driving. Maybe just because America is bigger, like that, that would make total sense. America is bigger, so it's just easier to drive and more people have cars. But I feel like it's just more used in Europe. Whereas in America, it's like, fuck it, let's get an Uber. Okay, what color do I wanna wear lipstick today? Not particularly, I think I'm gonna do more of a chill. I'm not gonna go red, I can't be bothered. My opinion on the art of allowing Go for it, girl. Love her. This will be the last one, I think, soon as I'm basically done. And it's Podmas. We have to get this episode uploaded and done. But my opinions on the art of allowing. I'm not sure I am the best person to ask this of because I don't think I'm very good at it. My opinion of it is fantastic. And I think it's obviously great. I love the idea of it. So often we hold ourselves back from letting things happen. We hold ourselves back from things, right? Like we get in the way of the things that we say that we want for whatever reason, subconscious patternings, belief systems about what we think we can have. And I think so often it is just us getting in the way. And if we just let it happen, we did the things that we knew could make it happen. And then we just let that happen. So often it would happen. You know, as I'm speaking, I feel like I need to do maybe like a longer episode on this because all of my thoughts are getting discombobulated and I often think, God, I'm gonna speak for too long on this. So let me concise it down. But then in concising it down, I kind of don't make as good of a point. Maybe you should do like the art of allowing Abraham Hicks practices for a few weeks and then let you know how they go. But I think I'm terrible at that. I think I get in my own way a lot. Maybe I need to do the Abraham Hicks art of allowing because it's an Abraham Hicks thing, isn't it? I mean, look, yeah, yeah. So I, maybe I should do the Abraham Hicks learn the art of allowing in 10 minutes videos and try and see how it goes. Last question is, if you had to work but didn't need the money, what would you choose to do? Probably this. If I could do this but not need to make money from it, that would be perfect. Like this I find so fun, but I think it almost like the pressure of needing to make money from it. And obviously you wanna make money from the effort that you're putting in kind of distills the enjoyment a little bit. And then you have to make it a little bit more contrived. You have to be a little bit more strategic because obviously if you wanna make money, you have to have a brand and you have to have a reason for people to invest in you. What else would I do? I feel like I would maybe work with animals. I, before getting into social media, I did a lot of work with animals. I've worked in sanctuaries. I've volunteered in sanctuaries. I've worked like paid positions in sanctuaries, dogs, cats, farm animals, animal rescues, whatever. So I love doing that and I find that very rewarding. I think I would also be writing. I think if I didn't have to make money, I would write. I think the reason I don't spend a lot of time writing or as much time as I would like writing is because in my mind, I'm like, this is such a long road to monetization and not even a long road, but who am I to write a book or like write something, you know, like how it doesn't feel like a, the simplest path to make money and 
honestly, like podcasting has is a lot more bountiful. There's a lot more opportunities for monetization when you're making video content, when you're doing long form content, when you're kind of building a brand in this way. When you're writing, there's a lot less of that and there's less kind of parts. Maybe this is a limiting belief. Maybe this should come back to the art of allowing. So I think I would spend more time writing. I would love to write a fantasy fiction novel or series or something. Or I don't know if I would actually want to or if I just like the idea of it. But if I didn't have to make money, I would find out. I would write and I would try and I would find out. I hope I do that. Maybe that's something I haven't done, but I wish I had is like writing fantasy fiction or just fiction in general. Thanks so much for listening to the app. Now we're ready for the day so I can get on with my day. Happy Monday. Last week of Podmas, girl, if you got to the end of this episode, answer the check-in question of the day. What qualities or traits do you admire in others? What is one thing that you admire in others? Love you so much. See you tomorrow for Podmas Day 19. I get so confused on the dates. Yeah, tomorrow will be Day 19. Love you so much. Mwah.